1: Well, I don't need to be the one to tell you this, but 26 years is a damn long time. But finally, Michigan has another national championship underneath their belts. It was an incredible game, and we're going to be breaking all of it down. Plus, getting into Jimmy Kimmel coming straight fire for Pat McAfee. The, the back and forth is just getting insane, guys. But we've got that. We've got so much more. We've got Mike Gunzelman in the house. I'll kick the Morning starts right now. Hello and good morning, everybody. Welcome into OutKick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. I'm sure all of you, if you're watching live, uh, which is eight a.m. Eastern, uh, also feeling maybe just a little bit tired this morning because you also too probably stayed up to watch the national championship game. Uh, I'm I'm used to getting my uh, regular eight hours of sleep last night was not the case, but it's okay. We're gonna get through it because we're all excited too because everybody all season long. Michigan really had one theme going, one moniker that they were really putting out. That was Michigan versus everybody. And guess what? Last night, it played out precisely. Number one, Michigan beating number two, Washington, 34-13, in front of nearly 73,000 people at NRG Stadium in Houston to win their first national championship game since 1997. That is 26 years. But listen, it, it wasn't all roses all season long. We all know that much. Michigan had to do so much to get to where they did. They had to go through so much adversity, Jim Harbaugh specifically. I mean, let's look back. He was suspended for six games, the first suspension for a recruiting scandal, second for a sign-stealing scandal, and the haters, I mean, everywhere you looked, online, in real life, they were absolutely everywhere, but it was not enough to stop Harbaugh, in the Wolverines. I mean, we just look at what they were able to accomplish. Looking at one guy specifically, Blake Coram, running back, he was absolutely on fire. He was named the game's offensive MVP. Uh, He had 134 yards, two touchdowns on two carries. uh, And the team really just understood how much this meant. Uh, They were talking after the game. uh, Specifically, one quote that stood out was Michigan defensive tackle Mason Graham saying that really just the adversity that they had to go through, it fueled them. Uh, he said that every single thing that they had been through, every single thing they tried to do to us, tried to discredit everything we did all season long, winning this game solidifies that we are that team. So this is pretty cool to hear. Uh, also, uh, just Harbaugh specifically talking about how this is really a notch on his belt, something that, you know, you can't really get to that elite status as a coach until you win, of course, a national championship. Not everyone gets there. Most people don't get there. But after the game, Harbaugh said, for me personally, I can now sit at the big person's table in the family. They won't keep me over there on the little table anymore. My dad, Jack Harbaugh, won a national championship. My brother won a Super Bowl. It's good to be at the big person's table from now on. Uh, And just going back to Blake Corum, we talked about what he was able to accomplish. The Wolverines really, they ran the ball in a way that, was just so powerful 303 yards running. Uh their defense was ridiculous. They forced Michael Penix Jr., of course the Heisman runner-up quarterback into two interceptions. Uh they had a 14 to 3 first quarter lead. They never trailed the entire time. Uh it was just a phenomenal game for the Wolverines. Uh, as a viewer, Uh, Someone watching from the outside looking in, not being at the game. Uh, I really had no doubt the entire time that Michigan was going to get it done. So on that note, another guy who I know was watching the game, Mike Gunzelman, let's go ahead and bring him in and get some reaction on this Tuesday after the national championship morning. Hello, (laughs) Guns. Good morning.
0: Get the coffee out, everybody. (laughs) For everybody that's stayed up last night. I've got my iced coffee. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, this is my uh, my homemade iced coffee that I've made here at work because I need that extra little dose of caffeine today. Well worth it, though. Um, yeah. Guns, what was your reaction? I, listen, I, I was watching the game and I as my, I wanted Michigan to win. All right, I I, I like the the comeback. I mean, and I won't even call it a comeback story. They were undefeated. It was a ridiculous season. But the fact that they had so much adversity, so many of the odds stacked up against them, even so. Uh, Because of the scandals that they were embroiled in and everyone just hating on them left and right. I wanted Michigan to win. I also love a really competitive, challenging game. And and just from the get, I was like, we're not going to get this here. But you know what? It's better than having Washington out front the entire time and getting the opposite outcome. So what was your reaction here?
0: Yeah, so a lot of things, obviously, with uh, I everything mean, that's been going on with Michigan. So, you know, without a doubt, the better team and clearly the best team of all of college football ended up winning last night. Um, and as you attested to, no matter what was thrown at Michigan, whether it was, you know, whether it was the scandals, the allegations, the other teams, the opponents, the fans, sports media, college football committee, whatever it was, they were ob- they were able to overcome all of that. And the resiliency needs to be praised. Now, granted, you know, I, I'm all for people overcoming adversity, but a lot of this was their own fault. <laughs> when you really think about it, like yeah. it was horrible. <laughs> so like yeah. I'm not a, simple, I'm not going to feel any sympathy for Jim Harbaugh being put on the sidelines or suspended this season. Like I, I don't feel bad for him whatsoever. But as far as the game itself, um, you know, I felt it's. I I don't. I, I don't think it was that great of a game. It was almost like, you know, I, I, I believe that Michigan no. was going to win the whole entire time. And if anything, I almost wish that it was uh, like a best of a three because I feel like Washington definitely did not play oh, up don't, to their you, potential whatsoever. You wouldn't want to whatsoever. put us through that,
1: would you? Yeah. No, yeah,
0: no, that, think, that was I my point Washington is, is you better, want though? a close yeah. game.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I okay, like, so yeah, we didn't I quite feel- get the game that we wanted Sorry, you. We're just we're just so excited. We're gonna talk all, all over each other this morning. Guns, the floor is yours.
0: Well, the, here's the thing: like you know, they gave up 209 rushing yards first half. All right, you know, you mentioned yeah. Blake Quorum scoring two touchdowns, but Donovan Edwards, the other rushing uh, running back, carried the ball six times. Six times. For 104 yards, he averaged over 17 yards a carry, also scored two touchdowns. Like, you can't mm-hmm. do that in the national championship, for the love of God. Please, Washington.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. It, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of people, when you talked about this game leading into it, uh, there was the idea that this was going to be a close game, that there was going to be a high level of competition out there, and that potentially Washington even stood a pretty decent chance of winning, but it became very apparent very early on. That was absolutely not the case.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because that's what you want. You want that battle at the end, you know, like would Georgia have done the same thing against them? I, I mean, I don't know, but in the end, Michigan did overcome all the odds stacked against them. They did what they had to do. I mean, straight up hands in the air. Let's go Michigan dominated. Now what I hate about this whole entire thing is, and I'm not a Michigan fan whatsoever, but The Michigan fans are going to be relentless. They are going to be so... You know, in the 90s, it was your Dallas Cowboys fans. Nowadays, it's the Eagles fans or just Philly in general are so annoying. Now, the Michigan fans, the fact that they finally won since 1997 are going to be unbearable when it comes down to it. (laughs) I'm just already my my Michigan friends that went there are just like texting and freaking like, oh, God, I just can't. I just can't. That's what I hate about this the most is that. Well, listen, uh, they're so cocky. They're so cocky.
1: Well, listen, I have a decent amount of friends that went to Michigan and they're yeah. cocky as it is. Like there's just an air that if you were in Ann Arbor, totally. you've got it. Yes. I respect it about them, right? I'm like, listen, I, I I like that you you feel uh the need to like show off a little bit, or not even the need, you just it's kind of like um inherent thing in them. They're like, I'm a, I'm a Michigan grad. Cocky. Although I will, so say, yeah. I will also say, I will also say. That I am very fond of pretty much everybody I know that went to Michigan. I mean, it's it's not a an easy school, you know, especially if you're coming in from out of state. Uh, so you've got to have like a pretty good head on your shoulders to, to go to Michigan and do well there and then succeed afterwards. So uh, respect there. But I also will say that if I was at Michigan and had a 15-0 season winning the national championship, I would also, too— yeah. Be bragging and not just the humble brags. Like, I would be outright bragging the rest of <laughs> my life. So, I can't really say that I, you know,
0: yeah. I feel sorry. You, certain you type might not blame them, it. but that doesn't mean you have to enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't, I'm not looking forward to Michigan fans and just, you know, just, oh, they're going to be relentless. But hey, the bottom line is they did end up winning in dominant. Fashion last yeah. night. I wish the game was a little bit closer, but Michigan did everything they did. Michael Bennett Jr. couldn't do anything last night. He was nowhere to be found. Uh, you know, the, the running backs were nowhere to be found. Um, you know, Michigan crushed on defense, they crushed on the offensive line, uh, were able to get all the holes, crushed it on rushing. Obviously, quarterback did um, you know, did his job as well. Washington, I yo, know, what game plan did they even come out with? It was there yeah. was nothing there but also it shows just how dominant and how good Michigan was this year because they beat Mm -hmm. everybody that mattered.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because, you know, there was the argument being made by several, you know, high-profile writers, opinionists, that they should delay the Heisman vote until after bowl season because of instances like Michael Penix Jr. But given his showing last night, I'm not even sure it would have made a difference. I mean, they might have said, you know, your name's off the table just after a bleak performance like that. So uh, just something to add into that conversation. But what I want to focus on now is what happens with Jim Harbaugh in the future because there's so many different options. I don't even call them options for him because I don't know actually if they are, in fact, options. I don't know what's on the table and what's not, but different directions he could go in rather Does he stay at Michigan? Does he go to the NFL? If he does go to the NFL, where does he go? Uh, Also, you have to think about if he does have those options, which one is more favorable towards him? Obviously, as a college coach, your lifestyle is is much easier than that of an NFL coach, uh, and you're still making good money. um, And coming off a championship season, it's not a bad place to remain. What do you imagine is going to happen with Harbaugh now that the season is over?
0: Well, there's no doubt Jim Harbaugh is a polarizing figure. There's something about him that irks a lot of people, unless he's coaching your team. That's the bottom line. That's why when all these allegations came out, like uh, you know, and, and not an outgate like you know, the fact they got suspended and more, there was just uh, not not even a witch hunt. They just people just love to hate on Jim Harbaugh, whether right or wrong. It's the it, it is what it is. If I'm him, all right, I'm out. All right, I'm out. He made $11 million this year, you know, once all the incentives came in, he won a million last night because he ended up winning the national championship. The it's incentives that he got in the bonuses, yeah, not bad. $11 million, not bad. You know, all right, the fact that he hasn't <laughs> taken the contract extension that Michigan has reportedly already offered him says that he is, you know, playing the field a little bit. If I'm him, though, you got to walk off on your mic drop moment. You got to walk out on the undefeated season, mm-hmm. overcoming all the odds, throwing your middle fingers in the air and saying, screw you, screw all y'all. I'm out. You know what I mean? Like I'm out now. Will that be uh, an option for him? There are a lot of coaches that ended up dropping last uh, yesterday, (laughs) uh, you know, after the, uh, the regular season ended up uh, wrapping up, but also we'll see what happens throughout the playoffs. Um, You can't, you, we see this time and time again, and it's the worst thing that you can possibly do as an athlete or a coach or in sports. You got to know when your time—maybe it's not even up—but when to walk away.
2: Jim yeah, Harbaugh right. doesn't want to when, be. Look when, at Bill Belichick. When you look reach Bill your Belichick. peak,
0: you don't yeah. want to be Bill Belichick right now. you're Jim Harbaugh, walk out on top, my friend. You're good. You're good. You did what you needed to do. You're good.
1: Okay, so there's a few okay, few a few different things I want to add in now at this point in the conversation. One is that a few weeks ago, or maybe even a, I, I lose track of time. A week ago, two weeks ago, I don't even know at this point. I spoke to Legend Ric Flair, who's a close friend of Jim Harbaugh, and okay. he had this very cryptic message that he left us with. So let's take a look back at that.
2: He said that that because of the ridiculous scandal going on in Michigan that. The NFL would never have him. Guess how many teams have called him? To... <laughs> how many? I can't tell you, but what, what more than five? Uh I would say I I don't want to I'll just tell you he's been contacted. But... Well,
1: okay. I mean yeah. he's obviously ultra-talented. So I mean
2: he, Oh yeah, he took the 49ers of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean not
1: years. not to like you know, reveal anything. I know that, you know, you, you are a very loyal guy. You want to make sure the secrets stay close to the best. Well, I would
2: know. I would tell you, but the problem is it it turns into.
1: Yeah. I said,
2: said, she said, and then. Do
1: do you think though that he's going to remain at Michigan or you think he's going to head to the NFL? What do you think is going to end up ultimately happening
2: after that? I, I, I don't know. I think he likes Michigan, but I think his kids are at the age now where we traveled uh, they'd be okay with that, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, you kind of, when you're, when the kids are young, you kind of want to stay in one place, right? But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he left. Um, I, I, I just I just really hope that they win the national championship this year. He deserves it.
1: Okay. So, close friend of Jim Harbaugh says he's been contacted by multiple teams, lots of interest. Even makes the case, you know, now that the kids are grown up, staying in one place doesn't necessarily have to be the life that he continues to lead. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, lots, well, lots of I, information floating out their guns. And, yeah, and additionally, well, it, one more thing, to, one more thing to add in before we get into it is there was the comments made by Jim Harbaugh, which I thought were interesting, um, that he told Scott Van Pelt That he has slid the start of spring practice back to March, whereas the Wolverines typically start a Valentine's Day. So if he's already going ahead and planning the schedule for this upcoming spring. Does that mean that there's something we don't know and he's more involved with the program than meets the eye and that means he's staying?
0: No, no. I mean, it doesn't matter if he's gone. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Look at Brian Kelly, what he did to Notre Dame when he bounced to LSU. It does. You can say whatever the hell you want to say. It doesn't matter if you're gone. So I don't put any faith or anything into those statements to Scott Van Pelt that he said, uh, to be completely honest. Um, he has all the leverage right now, though. You know, great interview with Ric Flair, by the way. Awesome. The nature boy. Woo. Let's go. Um <laughs> the, the fact is, though, yes, he's definitely been contacted by some teams already. We know that, okay, as you know, Ric Flair attested to in other reports. But he's also going to get a lot more now because he just went undefeated and won the whole entire thing and overcame all the adversity. And that's what you want if you're an NFL owner. You want someone that's going to be able to overcome the press and the media and people hating you and hounding you and the opponents and the fans and be able to coach through all of that. Jim Harbaugh has all the leverage right now. All the leverage right now, so he can say whatever he wants to say about like, oh, you know, I love, I believe blue and yellow, blue and gold, like it it doesn't matter. You leave now, Michigan fans. You sound like
1: guns. You you know you sound like the Rock right now, right? It doesn't
0: matter. (laughs) Let's go, (laughs) let's go. That's not a bad thing to happen. Most importantly, though, we have to say this though. Why come? He's going to lose a ton of players. Roman Williams, Wilson's gone next year. Cornelius Johnson's gone next year. Blake Horm's going to be gone. Maybe your quarterback, JJ McCarthy, is like, you don't know what's going to happen. Why come back? He, yeah. he doesn't want to yeah, yeah. to start over. Leave on top.
1: I mean, you make a very good case. You make a great case. I agree with you in many aspects, but I also think if he wants to remain a coach, maybe he's just not ready to hang it up. Maybe he still just feels very passionate about the game and, passing on his expertise and, you know, whether that yeah, means do, doing do it, it in
0: the NFL, do it in the NFL. It,
1: <laughs> right. But then, you know, that's just, it's a big lifestyle change up. It's, and it's, a, it's, you know, it's, it's a It'll lot more work. It's a lot It'll more. Yeah. There, there's a lot, there's a lot more to it. So I think, you know, if you can look at potentially, you know, 11 million is going all the way. Um, but if you could look at it, you know, a season, I don't know what, what his base contract would be. I mean, even to have a losing season at, at Michigan or, I mean, God willing, he doesn't have that, but I don't know. I'm just saying there, there, there does exist the, the realm of possibility where he just decides, you know what? I know this is a great time to ride out on my white horse, but I'm not ready to give it up yet, and they want me to stay, and uh, we'll see how the cookie crumbles there. Uh, one other interesting thing before we um, move on to one, just one last aspect of the, the college game is because they won the national championship and they went to 15-0— and 0. Jim Harbaugh, he made a promise to his team that he was going to get a tattoo. He doesn't have any tattoos at this point on his body, but he said that he would get one. And um that that's actually what's going to end up happening. He so he says he's going to get he's going to get a tattoo on his shoulder, he says. He doesn't know if it's going to be right or left. He said I'm a right-handed quarterback. It yeah, so he'll probably get it on his right. And then an M, he'll get an M um you know the blue M that that signifies a thousand in Roman numerals. So it's kind of like for Michigan, but also signifies a thousand, uh, whatever a thousand oh, like, might Charlie, mean. But um, so Jim yeah. Harbaugh's getting a tattoo. Hopefully, well, we get but, like an up close video. You know, like they post that on social media. That would be fun.
0: I don't need to see any of Jim Harbaugh's body parts. To be completely honest, <laughs> but uh, I don't have any. Uh, you don't, don't want to see him shirtless. Sure. I don't have any tattoos myself. But what about uh, what about? You though, do you have any tattoos? That's what the audience probably wants no. to know.
1: I don't have any tattoos. I'm like Jim Harbaugh and you, apparently. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There we We're go. We're in a club. There. The no tattoo. What would it, club. T- what would it take? What, would you ever do a bet that you would have to uh that you would get a tattoo? Would you ever do go that far with what kind of bet would it take that you would be willing to uh to do that?
1: It depends what the upside was for me. Uh like, hey, you can. I'll give you a million dollars or you have to get a tattoo, and then even in that case, I would probably be like it has to be a very tiny tattoo, like on the inside of my foot or something like basically unnoticeable because I just, I don't personally like tattoos, and I mean, not to say I'm going to be, but you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have a tattoo, so— I don't want to diminish my chances of, of that potentially happening.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a spray-on tattoo. Maybe so, we'll do a bet later this year. You and the audience, something. We'll come up with something good. We'll do a spray-on tattoo, right? A henna tattoo or something. Okay, that's right. right. Does or that yeah, work? like a
1: henna, henna, henna yeah, tattoo let's or something. Do a yes. henna tattoo we can bet. do something temporary. Perfect. Maybe we'll we'll come up with something. Let's let's think on that. A bet that's worthwhile, and the uh, whoever loses has to get a temporary tattoo, like on their face.
0: <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll ask, well, you know, well, we'll take it to, we'll take it to social media and we'll ask the outkick faithful, whatever the, whatever the bed ends up being, what the tattoo has to be. And we'll go from there. We'll incorporate yeah. everybody. That's okay. how we do it in 2024. Perfect. This is
1: great. I like the, I like how this year is getting off to a really hot start. And yeah. also it's getting off to a hot start for one of the friends of the program. Um, you all probably remember I had Michael Barker on the show. Again, losing track of time, I don't know, a month ago, two months ago, he's he's known as the college football campus tour guy, he makes it his bread and butter to go to as many stadiums in the country and sit in the worst seat in the house. So he actually, last night, was at the game finding the worst seat in the house, and this was his 90th college football game that he attended this year, which now actually is officially a world record And I'm excited for him because I had asked Michael when he was on the show if he had any intentions of contacting the Guinness Book of World Records to see if that was something that he could get officially inked into history. At that point, he wasn't sure, and uh, he is actually going to pursue the record. So hopefully, you know, they're not sticklers about it, and they they realize that he's been documenting the process all along. He's got all the evidence he needs, so that's pretty cool. Um, Okay, let's move on now to something else that has been uh, ultra-exciting. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, obviously feeling very sensitive about Aaron Rodgers' comments over the course yeah. of the past week, and last night Kimmel absolutely went off on Rodgers. He called him Karen Rodgers, and then went on the most ridiculous tirade. Take a listen.
3: I'm not one of those people who thinks athletes and members of the sports media should stick to talking about sports. I think Aaron Rodgers has the right to express any opinion he wants, to, but saying. Someone is a pedophile is not an opinion, nor is it trash talk, sorry, Pat McAfee. And as far as the, well, you say things about people all the time argument goes, yes, I do. It's not the same. It's not even close to the same. We say a lot of things on this show. We don't make up lies. In fact, we have a team of people who work very hard to sift through facts and reputable sources before I make a joke, and that's an important distinction. A joke about someone, even when that someone is Donald Trump. Even a person <laughs> who lies from the minute he wakes up until the minute he's smearing orange makeup on his my pillow. Right um,
1: okay, so a lot to get into there. Uh, first and foremost, I'm not sure how he, you know, makes the claim that it's not okay to call someone a pedophile. You know, you can joke about things, but you can't call someone a pedophile because As far as I was concerned, when I listened to Aaron Rodgers' comments multiple times, it was very clear it was a joke. He wasn't calling Jimmy Kimmel a pedophile, but Jimmy Kimmel, despite being a comedian and making it his job to make fun of absolutely everybody else, which, again, is fine. I'm not offended. I think a lot of the people that he attacks aren't offended. He— is not able to take a joke. They always say if you if, if if you can't if you can't take it, don't dish it. Well, that remains to be the case with Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, and then he went on to immediately attack Donald Trump, calling him someone that lies from the second he wakes up to the second he goes to bed, which is, of course, as we know, a lie. Uh, so I just I don't really understand how Jimmy Kimmel can get so sensitive about something that Aaron Rodgers said. And then immediately when going on the defensive, do the exact same thing that he's getting mad at. Uh, this back and forth is obviously, I uh, i don't know how far it's going to go, but guns when you look at it.
0: Yeah, it's... Well, it's. What's I, your it's, reaction? It's so, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a supporting Jimmy Kimmel whatsoever, but like, obviously nobody wants to be, have those, you don't even really want to be in the same sentence <laughs> as... <laughs> And Jeffrey Epstein, or anything related to that. But he went about it the wrong way. Okay. The the lead up to this was the fact that there was a fake tweet going around with a fake list that he was on it. Jimmy Kimmel should have gone after those people that were posting that and done that. Don't go after Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Watch Jimmy Kimmel, watch professional wrestling. That is exactly what Aaron Rodgers is doing to you right now, okay? He is completely trolling you, and you completely went for it. Right. I understand wanting to defend yourself, but there was a way to do it the correct way. On top of that, like don't like, there were so many people calling Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel out. Why would you go after Aaron Rogers, who was clearly joking and being sarcastic? Now, was it a good joke? No, I don't think any of that topics is funny at all or anything related to Ep- Ep- Epstein is funny at all. But Kimmel should know after all these years being on camera and a personality and supposed to be a genius broadcaster and all this, what was going on there. On top of that, he... Failed last night with his comeback. At one point, he goes after Aaron Rodgers and starts ripping him, being like, well, he went to community college. Really, Jimmy Kimmel? You've been on stage and had a late-night show for how long, and that's your joke? Like, he, he, he got owned. Rodgers, anybody watching that last night, including Aaron Rodgers, was just laughing and was like, look at this fool. I completely owned him.
1: Uh, yeah, and I think let's let's just go further and look at uh, Jimmy Kimmel's past, because I don't think I need to be the one to tell you this, but Jimmy Kimmel, obviously, one of the biggest hypocrites of all time. Uh, we have evidence of that guns. Listen, first of all, the dude whines about a border wall, but he has a massive wall protecting himself. Like, the way in which he lives, you would think, like, the, the the migrants are coming into the country and coming immediately for his home. Uh, so I'd ask him what's he's afraid of. Watch this.
3: He did not make mention of the caravan that was coming to get us three months ago. I don't know what happened to that. Jimmy Kimmel does not want to let in the caravan. Let me tell you, this is right. We seem to have forgotten that this is a nation of immigrants, people uh, who come to this country who be- came here because they believe they can uh, build a better life. Let me tell you, this wall, all right, there's no getting around it. This is the mother of all walls. This is one of those walls like Donald Trump goes to bed at night, thinks about, dreams about.
1: You know, wouldn't it be funny if we actually got... You know, to penetrate those walls. And we found out that he was actually hiring all of the illegals to do like every little thing to take care of his life. And he was paying them peanuts. And that's why he's so supportive of them being able to come illegally into this country. Uh, That would be really be a twist to the story, wouldn't it? Uh, Also, guns. Kimmel did full on blackface, yet somehow avoided the cancel culture mob. Uh, But you know, if anybody else were to pull off such a stunt, Uh, no way it would be seen as a joke. This is Jimmy Kimmel right here. I mean, I'm not really sure that this would be something that would fly for anybody else. He would be the first person to call them out. And as it turns out, not so coincidental, according to Pew Research, 81% of Kimmel's jokes target conservatives. Surprise, surprise. I mean, the first thing that he did after pivoting From Aaron Rodgers is to go after Donald Trump. Uh, So guns, I don't see Kimmel switching up his tune anytime soon. Here's what I hope. I hope that Aaron Rodgers takes it a step further and just keeps the trolling, like continues it for as long as he possibly can, because this is quite entertaining.
0: It's uh well, he's gonna get, he he actually teased that he's gonna uh, answer or, or talk more about it today later today on McAfee's show. What oh. McAfee and Aaron Rodgers are doing is is uh, if, if people just it, it they have the legacy media and social media and the woke people and everything, just losing their minds over this. They are running around in circles. I grew up a wrestling fan. That is exactly what they are doing. And it's, it's, it's hilarious to see from a step back from everyone that's getting so offended and so upset about both of them. Um, but as as far as Jimmy Kimmel, yeah, it's, it's the typical elitist Hollywood hypocrisy that we see time and time again. It's the same people that want to defend, uh, you know, uh, defund i should say uh the police force or whatnot but then they have their own private armed guards themselves or their own security force or their own bodyguards or whatnot so the rest of us are screwed when we're in trouble but hey don't worry because the ones that uh called for it uh you know the powers that be the uh politicians or the mayor whoever it might be they have their own private security thing same thing like it, it's 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 ridiculous and it's also they're playing on the uh they're 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 playing on the stupidity of the average person that actually believes on what they're saying. And that's, what's wrong with mm-hmm. Hollywood altogether. That's why Hollywood is despicable when you think about it. And that's also why nobody gives a damn about them and nobody cares about their award shows. And frankly, why Hollywood's falling apart because they're finally being called on all their BS.
1: Yeah. The thing that I care most about Hollywood is what they're wearing to the huh. golden globes like that. You know, as a woman, I I, the fashion choices are of the utmost importance to me. Uh, I quite honestly haven't even seen most of the movies that were up for awards. I'm like, wait a second. Am I supposed to have heard about this? Because now I'm seeing like all this stuff on my timeline. I'm like, never heard of this movie. When did it come out? Where can I watch it? Who was in it? I don't know.
0: Yeah. All you need to know about mainstream Hollywood Comedy right now is the fact that whoever the hell that guy was that did the Golden Globes that bombed in the monologue, that was awful. <laughs> and then you had Jimmy Kimmel last night bombing with his comeback to Aaron Rodgers. So you're <laughs> 0 for 2 right there. And that's the state of comedy from a mainstream perspective.
1: I really loved, um, if anyone has a chance to check it out, uh, Johnny Belisario, Jesse Waters assistant, did a great man on the street on the red carpet at the Golden Globes, and he was basically asking, you know, as many people as he could, you know, what do you think about the state of our country? And, you know, most everybody knew where he was going with it, but they were like, oh, I'm not going to touch that. And one person, I don't know, remember which actress it was, she was like, I can't talk about politics because anytime I do, I get in trouble. So it's very it's very obvious what's going on here is there's a lot of people who share different opinions and ones that maybe are more similar to, mine and yours and people that have some sanity but they can't say anything because they know they'll completely get trashed but anyways you should go check it out everyone it was oh, a fantastic that, MOS that's the beauty uh, about was very Al-Kid. funny but there were yeah the reason there Al-Kid were a few there were a few people that were willing yeah. to play ball yeah um okay but Al-Kid let's get to one more topic so because many you people- would just-
0: yeah, that love yeah. outkick that, yeah. you know, that don't even fully always admit it. But viewers in the audience will be shocked how many people actually agree with us, but they're just yeah. too scared to say it. And that's why outkick works.
1: Well, anyways, uh, let's get to our last topic. Uh, it was Pat McAfee, who the other day made some pretty out there comments, uh trashy Norby Williamson, third highest ranking guy at ESPN. Uh, we thought that maybe over the course of yesterday, being that he was so... Engaged in the uh, championship coverage that maybe he would offer some type of apology or maybe take a step back. But no, he did the opposite. Listen to what he had to say.
3: Sure. I, and the only thing that I'm, like, super bummed out about it all sure. is that a guy that we like a lot, a man that watched the game with us in the suite, Burke Magnus, yeah, who is currently new guy in charge of ESPN right below Jimmy Pataro, I guess he was kind of made to look bad because of what I did and how I did it. I would like to let everybody know we love Burke Maddox. Yep. all yep. yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Love Burke Maddox. Love you, Burke. And also love Jimmy Patara. Yep. Mm-hmm. Love Bob Iger. Why? Why? But there is quite a transition era here. You know, between the old and the new. Mm-hmm. New. 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 And the old don't like what the new be doing. <laughs> and I don't take back anything that I said about said person. But the overall storyline about us and ESPN, I think people need to remember. Strong,
0: bingo.
1: Man. Okay, so definitely didn't walk back his comments and, in fact, took it a step further. Went on to rattle off all of the other execs at ESPN that he was a fan of and just left it there. And you know, made it very clear that there's an old guard and a new guard, and a lot of the old guard doesn't understand what the new is trying to bring in. There are some, but not everybody. Norby Williamson, obviously in the group that has no understanding of the importance that people like Pat McAfee are bringing to the platform in a way that maybe isn't so appetizing to to people from a different era right uh but i love this i really i've been a fan of pat mcafee for a very long time i covered him when i was a colts reporter for a station in indianapolis so i've known him even before he got into broadcasting he's always been ultra authentic always has spoken his mind i love that he's continuing down that path i love that he's not letting anyone stand in his way he also went on to talk about how important it was for him to be a part of espn's platform he realizes the opportunity that he has, even though there's some people that he's in disagreement with. He also realizes the reach that he has. He's obviously making a ton of money. And just the fact that they're sitting there on that upper tier at NRG Stadium, able to do a live broadcast at the site of the national championship game with an ultra talented crew behind the scenes, helping to make that dream come alive is is saying a lot. And Pat McAfee realizes that he notices it and he appreciates that. Uh, I don't have a bad word to say about Pat McAfee. And I'm pretty sure everybody at ESPN realizes the ultra value that he brings to the company and to the platform. So Guns, any final thoughts from you there?
0: Uh, everyone go read my article that I did about McAfee on Saturday, um, because it's essentially ESPN needs Pat McAfee more than Pat McAfee needs ESPN. And if ESPN wants to play hardball with him, then, you know, he can just get up and walk because here's the thing they want to bring up ratings. Pat McAfee has the most important demo supporting him. It's that young demo that will go out and buy merchandise and we'll tune in and we'll crush it on digital and everything. Well, guess what? A lot of those people are doing. They're in school. They're in college. They're working. They're not watching, perhaps live from noon to two or noon to three, whatever it might be. But they're watching afterwards on digital. So don't even if you want to play the ratings game, the you know that doesn't even hold up for him. He has all the leverage, all the power, and it, you can it, it's even doubled down that much more with the fact how this has all played out from his social media posts that he's done with the with the with the photos with uh you know Norby's boss. How about taking? How about this, Norby? You want to go after me? I'm gonna go to a football game with your boss, bro. Mike, drop. He's like, oh, you didn't think that? That didn't go the way you expected, did it, Norby? If ESPN wants to, listen, they should have known what they got when they hired Pat McFee. They clearly didn't. It is a battle between old school and new school. And the bottom line is, um, what the hell else would you put in from noon to 2 p.m. that's even going to generate any sort of buzz? What are you going to play SportsCenter again for the 13th time? Bottom line is ESPN needs McAfee. They realize that now they're starting to back up a little bit. Wait till you see if they're going to try and pull Aaron Rodgers from the show. That's what the they, will, point they will. They
1: will. I, I, they're not, they're not going to pull Aaron Rodgers. Nothing's going to change. I would put money on that. If you want me to get a tattoo if I'm if wrong, to- I would be willing. <laughs> Let's
0: do it. That's our tattoo <laughs> bet.
1: <laughs> done. Done. Uh, okay. That means you have to get a tattoo if I'm wrong. Uh, Guns, you're great. Thank you so much. Thanks for staying up Appreciate late. It. Thanks for waking up early. And I will talk to you soon. I know that. We've got a bet going now, so stay tuned, everybody. And on that note, good day to you all, and I will see you tomorrow.